Hello, 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 and good morning, and welcome back to our Safe Toddles podcast. I'm Dr. Grace Ambrosakin. I'm here with my co-host, Kelvin Crosby. Hey, 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 everybody. It's so good to see you, even though I can't see you. It's another beautiful day in the neighborhood, and I'm so excited to be here and talk about a topic about how to introduce the belt cane to toddlers and when is the right time to provide them the cane and what's at different ages, what should you expect in the growth of the child and how that cane will impact their lives and help them overcome their challenges. So Grace, why don't you talk about a little bit about what it means to uh, have a, a belt cane and a kid that is about one years old. Thank you, Cal. Well, today's topic we're going to focus in on is how to introduce the belt cane once you have it. And certainly um, that means you've gone through the process of ordering the cane and we've created a custom made fit for your child or student. You've gotten the box, you've opened it up, and now you're ready to get started. (laughs) The first thing, it's good to go ahead like any new thing is to show it to the child, let them touch it, talk about what it is, Mm -hmm. let them explore it. And this is something that everything I know about bell canes, I learned from families, teachers, and the children themselves. And this seems to really help out a lot where you show them the belt and let them touch it and see how that it opens and closes with the Velcro. You show them the magnets and how it connects in and clicks in. And then you might have them run along down the rods and to the end where the ball bearings are. It's fun for them to kind of make it move and just see the whole cane in their hands before they ever put it on. So tell me a little bit. Like, So if you're about one years old, 12 months old, what would be the first step to do in regards to introducing a child that, that age? Are they really walking at that point? Um, what should we be expecting in their progress at that point? Well, at 12 months, typical gross motor development is anywhere from standing, walking with assistance, cruising, or even walking independently. By 15 months, a child should be walking without holding on, but they wouldn't walk particularly well necessarily by that age. It's okay if they're still kind of wobbly with a wide gait. And then by 18 months, which is still a one-year-old, they should be walking well, right? So they should have their arms down, they should have their, their feet narrowed, and they should be able to avoid most obstacles. Mm. And so when we first introduce it, a lot of people might say, well, let's just put the belt on and see how that goes. <laughs> But there really is no advantage to wearing the belt, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's just like a belt for anything else. It may even be more uncomfortable because it needs to be fit pretty snugly to the hips. And the advantage is the frame, right? So mm-hmm. you want to put the belt and the frame on and begin with that mm-hmm. always being what goes together. This goes with that. What we do see is once the frame starts to talk to them, and you know what I mean by that, right, Cal? Yep. Well, once the frames start talking to them, basically when the haptics start communicating to their hips. Yeah. And you might just have them stand wearing it and you can touch it with a ruler or your hand or your foot or some other object all the way around the frame so they can feel when I'm standing here, this is my frame in front of me. This is what's in front of me. And it's mm-hmm. it's talking mm-hmm. to me and it sends, yeah. starts, imme- as you know, it starts immediately transferring all of that great tactile feedback. And then as they 
walk, one of the things people like to think about is, oh, well, let's clear the path and just let them walk without contacting anything. But I suggest the opposite. Go ahead and let them run into your feet, the wall, put a toy right there. Let them immediately start contacting obstacles so that they, again, feel the base of the cane telling them that it's going to warn them every time something is in the path. Yeah. As we progress from one year old to now 24 months old, what did we should be expecting at that point in their motor skills and then how the belt cane should be imp- improving their ability as we're introducing the cane to them. By 24 months or two years old, the gross motor charts say they should be able to run and avoid obstacles. child who at two years old is not walking well. We see that as a red flag. That means that their vision is so severe that they are avoiding an activity that is very naturally part of a two year old, which is to run. And certainly if they're three and sitting down most of the day, this is so far away from the typical development. If they have the capacity to bear weight and walk and they are avoiding walking, that's another sign that they don't see well enough. So what do we do? We get them a belt cane and we introduce it and we get them to start locating obstacles with it. And then the goal for all of these children is to wear the cane most of the day. But where does it begin? Some of the children have rear-facing walkers. They're quite large and heavy, and therapists provide them to children who are blind and severely visually impaired because they're, they have you know difficulty balancing when terrain changes. We say just add the belt cane. Mm-hmm. Don't take away the walker. If you can find one that the belt cane fits with, that's better. Uh, so that they can begin to learn from the frame what's ahead of them and start to be able to rely on this information. And then we've had plenty of kids let go of those rear walkers and begin walking without them with confidence. Mm -hmm. And if they currently are holding a hand to walk, let them keep holding the hand to walk with you. There's no rush Mm -hmm. if they hold their hands up to high guard. You don't have to make sure they hold on to the cane. Eventually they will. But immediately when you put Mm -hmm. it on is not a time to change anything else. Just add the bell cane and start walking. Now that we've covered them, all right, 12 months, 24 months, and now we're at three years old. Um, So what motor skills should we be expecting there? Because I think at that point, we're starting to develop our speech and really starting to make some really good headway and we're probably going to preschool and we're making progress. And from a blind perspective at that motor skills, what are we looking at that point? Are we walking and are we running or are we, when we're introducing this cane? My concern is we do get a lot of three-year-olds and the number one thing that uh, people say is they're getting a belt cane because their child is afraid. Mm. So at two, at one, at two, they're like, oh, they're not afraid of anything. They're going to walk. They're happy to go, but they're crashing into things. So it's a very positive description of a blind child who's walking with reckless abandon. That mm. same child at age three and four and five has changed. And what mm-hmm. causes them to sit down and be afraid of walking? And my hypothesis is that it is the collision. It is the unavoidable Mm. collisions that causes that. So when you have a three-year-old who is not walking, is avoiding walking, only wants to walk when holding a hand, I'd say, first of all, if they're blind, allow them to hold your hand. (laughs) 
like there's nothing wrong with it. Any teacher might say, no, don't let them hold your hand. I'm telling you, yes, let them hold your hand, help them to avoid obstacles, let them feel confident and safe with you until you get them the belt cane. And then even still allow them to hold your hand until they build their self-confidence back that they can rely on the belt cane information to find a clear path and that it will protect them mm-hmm. from these collisions. So if we're getting a belt cane at three three years old, they're definitely a little bit more concerned for that child and really be able to make headway. So really want to get the belt cane in, in their hands about age one and two. So that way they're still learning that process and getting comfortable to the world around them and using the belt cane as their tool to be able to navigate the world safely. So that's what I'm hearing. So once we hit that three-year mark, we're like, oh, like now we have fear issues. We got other issues that we got to deal with. But now we got to kind of help that that child make progress and really start making headway in that situation. So if we're introducing to a four-year-old, what did what are we looking at there? Like are we really looking at a whole other mental state that's a different challenge are we looking at are we gonna ever get to be able to get them to walk are we are we at the point where like is it even possible well of course every child greets the world in their own unique way Mm. and so some of the generic advice is when you put the cane on remember no one goes anywhere unless there's a reason and that should be the same idea behind your introduction and use of moving about with a child who is blind so what's a motivating destination and activity at that destination let's start there hey we're going to go to the freezer and get ice cream all right, let's put on the bell cane and we're going to go get the ice cream. Let's go. And there you have mm-hmm. it. It's a destination, the kitchen, the mm-hmm. freezer, the activity, ice cream. It's not about the bell cane. The bell cane is simply a tool. For example, if we were to do the same thing with a car, we'd say, well, let's go to grandma's house. That's so motivating, but you've got to get in your car seat to get there, mm-hmm. right? So it's mm-hmm. not about the car seat. It, the car seat is just a mechanism for ensuring their safety on the way to grandmother's house. And so the way to ensure safety for moving about your own home is to wear your bell cane if you can't see where you're going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But make so, it fun. Make it fun. Make the destination mm-hmm. fun. Make the specific destinations. Not. Mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of people take the cane to a therapy and the therapist is like okay walk all right walk and they're like why won't they walk it's like well well where am i going <laughs> like let's make it fun let's go find the stairwell and have echoes let's go find mm-hmm. the receptionist and ask to use her phone right let's really think about a reason to walk and a thing to do when you get there and then do it really have Mm. that activity that's also the second most important thing is first have the destination the second thing is do the activity let them have the fun before you move on to a next Mm. place Mm -hmm. yeah so now that we reach basically the part where the child transformed from being a toddler to uh, a little kid um, and going into kindergarten so at age five all right, we should be at walking point at this point, correct? Um, well, 
I, would, I think I what you're so. saying is, okay, well, if you're five, do you still need the Belcane? And I've had people come to us asking for Belcanes for eight-year-olds. Now, why okay. is that? And I have to say, we don't really, unless they're exceptionally small for their age, which there are children who are, and we have fit them, what has happened is by six and seven and eight, the promise of the adult cane to solve their safe mobility problems has yet to be realized. It hasn't worked. It still isn't working for them. And they are not as active or as effective at moving about as been promised since they were born. So mm-hmm. what we need to understand is I've had four-year-olds, in fact, Jojo on our website, he put on the very first bell cane and he started to run and chase a toy. His mother thought that his vision had suddenly gotten better because Mm. she'd never been able to get him to run. He had Mm. optic nerve hypoplasia. So he had a little tiny bit of vision, but what was he using the vision for when he wasn't wearing the cane? He was using it to try to see the ground ahead and to keep himself safe. Once he had the bell cane, he lifted up his head looked around, looked for the toy, ran for it, used the remote control to get it to move. He had the best time of his life. And similarly, that same day, a little girl, Leia, who's also on our website, has cortical visual impairment. Her whole walking was such a mystery to physical therapists because they're like, well, I don't understand why is she leaning over when she has the physical strength to stand up straight. And what it turned out is she had that lower quadrant field loss. She was uh-huh. leaning over so she could use the little bit of vision that she had to look at the path to try to feel safe. Mm. So this device as soon as she put it on she stood up straight walked straight started walking much better she was three and jojo was four so jojo Mm. started running he's been wanting to run his whole life the fact that Mm. jojo wasn't running is because he at four at three had to self-regulate to prevent himself from doing something he naturally wanted to do out of fear so that's Mm. where the adults come in adults will say well they don't really need it. They're familiar with their house. They don't need to wear it. But if you're a toddler, that doesn't really work. You don't have a choice in the matter. You are reliant yeah. on an adult to pick the best, safest way for you to move about your home. And if the mm-hmm. adult chooses collision course, that's that, you don't have to wear with all to go, no, mommy. I want to wear my cane. Many kids do. You know, they will ask for their cane. But it's hard to go against the adult who has a feeling that is a there's an advantage to being without belt canes. And I think that that's the biggest misconception on the planet about blind people is that there is an advantage to being able to walk around without safety. And mm. I just think we need to stop thinking that and promoting that idea. I just don't know that we can do it in a timely enough fashion to help this generation of kids. I don't know. Yeah. Well, hopefully we can, we'll, this podcast will continue to help these kids. And so that so that wraps us up today for everybody. Um, we want to thank you for being here with us and helping you learn what the safe toddle cane is all about and the belt cane and how it works and how to get it in your kids' hands and make their lives better. 
and help them live beyond their challenges. And if you want to get, get in contact with us, you can em- email us at info at safetitles.org. And we are on all the social media platforms. So you can email, uh, find us on all those platforms and learn more about us. You can also go to our website at www.safetitles.org. And again, we hope you guys have a great day and go live beyond your challenges. Thank you. Have a yeah, good one. Have a great one.